Hey everybody, this is Drew, yours truly, with Catch All Podcast. Special edition today uh, is I will be reading a book that I wrote in the 8th grade. It is modeled after the Hardy Boys, it's pretty much an exact copy of like the Hardy Boys, like there's no difference, uh, which is why I never published it, and because it's just complete garbage. Uh, but I thought I'd share with you today the first two chapters of Mystery on Strandberg Mountain. Uh, so... Enjoy this opportunity to listen to me make a fool of myself. Uh, if you do listen to the whole thing, bless your soul. I don't understand what you would be doing that for. But I hope you enjoy the first two chapters of The Mystery on Strandberg Mountain. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you or someone you know has been affected by boredom, you need to try Catch All Podcast. Consult your conscience before listening as possible side effects may include but are not limited to an eight-pack of abs due to excessive laughing as well as incessant crying like if the polar ice caps melted from global warming. Listeners may also experience some level of existential crisis. Stop tuning in to Catch All Podcast if you realize that you are in fact listening to random rascals ramble on about random stuff. Chapter 1, A Swampy Scare Delicious, Drew said as he finished eating his last chocolate chip cookie. Granny, you make the best chocolate chip cookies in the world, Dylan agreed. Drew, a blonde-haired boy, was 17, and his younger brother Dylan was 14. Oh, they're not the best, Granny said, but thanks. Whatever, Drew said teasingly. The door opened, and their papa came in with the mail. The, not the mall, the mail. Can you two go and get the mail that I just dropped on the driveway? Bring it in the house, please, their papa said. Drew and Dylan called them Granny and Papa, but their real names were John and Rebecca Strandberg. <laughs> oh, wow. They lived on a large piece of property, which they called Strandberg Mountain. Drew and Dylan went outside to gather the mail that their grandfather had dropped. They walked back inside and gave the mail to their papa. After chatting about school with their grandparents, J Dylan asked, Hey, Drew, do you want to go hiking through the woods? <laughs> you know, because that's fun. Uh, why are you asking me? I usually ask you that question, Drew responded. I don't know, I just feel like it, Dylan said. It's a beautiful day, and I'm still a little energetic. Well, okay, but let me get my map of the property Papa gave me. After Drew got the map of the property that he got from his Papa, he and Dylan went downstairs and got their hiking boots on. Then they walked outside, only to step out onto the back porch. It's such a nice day today, Dylan said as he looked up into the mid-afternoon sky. Sure is, Drew chimed in as he shut the back door. As they climbed a steep hill through the side yard, a Corvette, of course it's a Corvette, golly, pulled in the rocky driveway. Hey, Drew and Dylan, a voice called from the car. The brothers looked up the driveway, startled to see their two friends from school. Oh, hi, Michael and David, Dylan said as he and his brother walked up to greet them. What are you doing here, Drew asked. David and I are staying with some of my cousins. They live near here, Michael explained. Michael, a tall youth about 16, and his younger brother David was about 12. They were friends with the Millers, and they also lived in the same neighborhood up in Fayetteville, but they hadn't seen each other for a few days. Hey, do you want to go hiking with us, Dylan asked. We'll show you around the property, Drew said, hoping that they would agree with him. We'll have, we'll have some quality time since we haven't seen each other in a while. Can we, Michael? David asked, fond of the idea. We've got plenty of time to spare, so why not, Michael said. All right, then, let's start, Drew said. There's a lot of seds in here. Golly. Ready to get started on the tour. First, we'll show you around this trail, Dylan pointed to the thick path, and then we'll show you the swamp. 
Ooh, a swamp sounds kind of spooky, don't you think? David asked, waiting for someone else's opinion. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, my goodness. This is so bad. Let me flip the page, everybody. Okay. It's not that spooky out there, Dylan finally said. Yeah, right. I remember that one time when I went to the... Drew suddenly interrupted Michael's train of thought and asked him, You've been to the swamp before? No, I haven't been to the swamp before, Michael said. Now back to what I was saying. Remember that time I came with you to the Dooley's farmhouse? Michael asked. Yeah, I remember, Dylan said. Well, Brandon told me about the time when you guys were showing him around the swamp and you all got freaked out because of someone's shadow hiding from like behind a tree, Michael went on. That so-called shadow belonged to Brandon's brother, Jacob. Drew, I don't even know who these people are. Wow, I made up some random people. Okay, Drew addressed him. That's, uh, yeah, okay. Brandon was another one of the brother's friends who went to their school at Whitewater High School. Brandon's brother Jacob liked to pick on them, even though he was one of the brother's friends, too. Jacob gave us a big scare that day, said Dylan. David agreed with Dylan. I could tell, because when I first met him, I knew he was trouble with a capital T. Everyone laughed. They started talking about Strandberg Mountain and all the historical things that happened to it. As they walked a little further on, Drew turned around on a narrow path to the left. Here's the path that leads to the swamp. The small, narrow trail was covered with fallen leaves. Fall was starting to come, and it looked beautiful outside until dark clouds started gathering over them. How long is this trail? Michael asked, noticing the dark clouds were overhead. Yeah, it's not that long, Dylan assured him. We can make it back before those clouds get really bad. That's easy for you to say. Let's take a short rest. I'm pooped, David suggested. Yeah, but only for a few minutes, okay? Michael said, eager to get going again. How about five minutes, Dylan remarked. Oh, Dylan, you're so dumb. Golly, I can't believe you said that. All right. There might be a storm coming, so we better take a very short rest. Sounds good to me, Drew said. They all agreed. David and Drew sat on a nearby log, but Michael and Dylan just sat on the ground. <laughs> Red bugs. A chilly breeze brushed against the boys' bare faces. Yeah, because we were bare back then. The tall pine trees swayed back and forth into the large dark sky above. The trees started rocking back and forth in a heavy wind. After a few minutes passed by, Drew finally said, Time's up. Time to get a move on before the storm hits. Yeah, let's go, Michael agreed. Dylan and David got up as they brushed off the loose dirt that stuck to their jeans and followed Drew and Michael down the long trail. Here it is, Dylan announced proudly. <laughs> I guess it isn't so spooky once you get here, David admitted. You're right, David, Michael said, unless you're walking in the swamp with a storm coming. See, I told you, Dylan remarked. Swamp roads, or reeds, excuse me, were scattered about through the swamp, and there were hardly any trees around. As they walked deeper into the swamp, Drew jumped straight into the air with a cry of fright. What happened? Michael asked in alert. In alert? What the heck? I just saw a snake, that's all. Drew commented, looking down at the ground. Okay, David said. I take back what I said. This place is spooky. Oh, man. You're a big chicken, David, Drew said as he regained his composure. No, I'm not, David retorted. Yeah, sure you aren't, Michael shot back. Oh, would you guys... Dylan was suddenly interrupted by the crunching of leaves among the swamp reeds. The swamp reeds started shaking wildly, not only from the howling wind, but from something behind them. What was happening was real spooky to all the boys. They looked at the swamp reeds to see it was run rummaging around through them. The sounds grew closer, and by now the four boys were frozen to the swampy ground. Lightning, lightning struck nearby, and with it a roll of thunder echoed throughout the swamp. Run! Michael shouted, not wanting to see what would come out of the swamp reeds. <clears throat> Chapter 2, Spies and Camouflage. Oh, my gosh. Wait, we don't have to run, Dylan said as he looked back, but unfortunately his friends paid no attention to what he had said. They thought that something really was chasing them. It's just Cinder, Dylan said as he heaved a sigh of relief. Once the others heard Dylan say this, they turned and started back towards him. Feeling relieved, Drew said, Phew, that was too close. 
too close. Who's Cinder, David asked. She's our grandparents' dog, Don't explained. Cinder, a beautiful Rottweiler mixed with a chow, started licking the boy's hands. Hey, Cinder, Drew said in a loving voice. All the other boys reached down to pet her. She's such a cute dog, said David. Come on, let's go, Michael said impatiently. We're coming, Dylan shot back. Then Cinder let out a whimper. As another streak of lightning touched down not far from where they were, the poor dog hated thunderstorms. She didn't even like it when it rained. As they walked through the swamp, they looked at the beautiful wildlife and looked at the gorgeous scenery. But the black clouds loomed overhead. Lightning flashed out in the distance. Then the thunder rolled again loudly like a freight train. Cinder started to speed up her pace. She whimpered again. That's not good. Michael said. I heard that the weather was supposed to be good today, Dylan said with disbelief. You can never trust those weathermen, David laughed. They all started walking a little faster. Guys, we should start heading back to the house before my grandparents get worried, Drew suggested. Then Cinder started sniffing among the swampy ground and paid no attention to the storm. Dylan was the first to notice the strange happening, which I don't really understand how a dog sniffing the ground is strange, but I guess it is. Uh, What is it, girl? Dylan asked. What do you smell? All of a sudden, Cinder started barking ferociously. It's probably the storm, Drew said. She hates storms. No, she's probably barking at a male dog, David said, chuckling. Because <laughs> that's funny. And Drew calmed Cinder down, and then he let Cinder go. They all ignored Michael's comment. The boys looked in astonishment toward where Cinder started barking again. Then all of a sudden, uh-oh, what happens is I turn the page. Two men in camouflage leaped out from behind some bushes and took off in the other direction. After them, Drew ordered the four boys sprinted after them in an attack run. Rain started pouring down hard. Cinder was chasing close behind both of the spies, and the boys were way behind her. Even though she was an older dog, she ran like the wind trying to catch the two men. Dylan was hit with a long tree limb as he was running. Oh, that sucks. But that didn't stop him from running quickly. (laughs) The four friends jumped over stumps and ducked under hanging tree limbs as they chased the camouflage men. David was a little further behind the pack because he was a little younger than the rest of them. Cinder was less than one foot away from one of the spies when lightning struck 100 yards or so away. Cinder heard the thunder crackle and turned in fright to run away. She didn't get far, though. Uh, She turned so quick to run away from the lightning, she slid across the swampy ground. She went so fast, she ran into a large oak tree and got the breath knocked out of her. David, you stay here with Cinder. Michael, you go after him. Drew pointed towards the man that Cinder almost caught. Michael obeyed and ran after him. David had a bad feeling about being by himself in the woods in the middle of a heavy thunderstorm. He crouched low with his head between his legs and didn't move. Then he leaned over to Cinder. Cinder, he whispered in air, Get up, girl. Just as David said this, he jumped straight up in the air when a long streak of lightning bolted through the trees and splintered into the swampy ground little ways beyond where David was standing. A tall pine tree split in half when the lightning hit it and crashed into the ground. The deafening noise of thunder wildly ran through David's head and he covered his ears tightly, crying. David got up and started running around, trying to find his older brother. As he was running through, he slipped onto the swampy ground and fell into a six-foot-deep hole. Wow, that's deep. What was that doing there? In pain, David tried climbing up and out of the hole, but he slipped back in. There wasn't a way out, and mud was pouring in rapidly from the ground above him. <laughs> oh, this is killing me. Oh, it's so bad. Okay, all right, I digress. Meanwhile, Drew and Dylan were still on to their man, running as fast as they as they could. They couldn't catch up to the man they were after. He was extremely quick, dashing through the overgrowth, almost as if he had before. What? We're almost in the house, Drew shouted to his brother. We can't let him get to the house, Dylan said out of the breath, still running. You're right, Dylan, Drew said. I love how they're having, or we're having this, like, conversation as we're running. through the <laughs> Chasing after old men, this is just great. 
They were right at the rocky driveway when a Lexus 2000, is that even a thing, stopped and picked up the man they were after. He jumped into the car as the door opened, but as he did, oh, of course, a small slip of paper fell out of his pocket. Dylan bent down and picked up the now wet sheet of paper as the Lexus took off down the curved driveway. Hey, Drew, I found an interesting clue. Drew, it's a raging clue. Dylan looked around to see where he was. Drew was already in his Mustang. Oh, of course it's a Mustang. Oh, my gosh. Getting it started, he pulled out of the spot where he was parked and speedily drove down the rocky drive after chasing the men. Then he pulled onto a dirt road named Seven Branches Road. As Drew drove off, Dylan studied the sheet of paper for a short moment. It read, capital A, no, excuse me, they're all caps lock. This is what the note says, apparently, to me. Underlined A, H, D, underlined C, F, underlined D, E, Ed's Wom Doctor. Or DR period. Well, that's confusing, Dylan said to himself. He stuck the sheet of paper in his back pocket. Then Dylan turned and looked at the side of the woods. Just as he did, though, he saw the page turn. Uh-huh. The other spy come darting out of the woods. Michael wasn't behind him, though. Then the man turned and saw Dylan standing there watching him. The man immediately took off in the other direction. Hey, you get back here, Dylan shouted after him. Yeah, because that's scary. He started after the man. Why didn't these guys just, like, kill us right then and there? They could have, like, avoided this whole stupid book. They just killed us. All right, I digress. Uh-huh. Dylan shouted after him. He started after the man when all of a sudden Michael came rushing out of the woods. Unaware of each other, they both collided. <laughs> Ouch, Michael said as he hit the ground. He's getting away. They got up very quickly, but the spy already disappeared into the woods. Dylan asked Michael, are you okay? Yeah, where's the spy you guys were chasing, Michael asked Dylan. He's on the road, Dylan replied. Where's Drew at, Michael asked. He's on the road too, chasing the spy who was on the road. <laughs> oh, it's such bad writing. He's on the road chasing the spy who's on the road. Oh, don't start anything. Oh, excuse me, I, I gotta take a breathe. This is this is just busting my brain. All right. Okay. <laughs> Where's Jew at? Michael asked. He's on the road. <laughs> yeah, I read that. Don't start anything. Hey, why don't we go back and see how Cinder is, Michael suggested. Good idea, Dylan agreed. David is probably scared, too. Did you hear that streak of lightning? That was right where David was, so maybe he's in trouble and scared. Yeah, let's hurry up and check on them both, Michael hurriedly said. The voice started quickly back through the woods toward where David and Cinder were. As David gazed up into the sky, he noticed that the rain was letting up steadily. Meanwhile, Drew was still chasing the Lexus on the dusty dirt road in his Mustang. It was a long road chase that still wasn't over with. Then Drew started going, gaining on them. The other vehicle, uh, wait, they, they drove through creeks and turned on very sharp turns, sharp turns. It was hard for Drew to stay close to the other vehicle because of the dirt flying everywhere in the air. They were almost to the other end of Seven Branches Road when one of the men in the car opened the sunroof and oh my gosh and stood up then he took out a huge gun and started shooting it the bullets protruded out of the gun oh no he tried to make sharp turns to avoid being hit oh that's totally not me i would have just like slammed the brakes on and like peed everywhere okay the bullets crashed into the windshield but didn't go through although the colorful paint-like material spilled out of the bullets oh my gosh they're shooting a paintball gun at me this is ridiculous what was i thinking it made the windshield covered with black spray paint. Oh, gosh. A paintball gun. Drew lost control of the car, frantically trying to stay on the road because he couldn't see, and it swerved over a bridge that was very old in age. His car was heading straight for the little creek beneath him. The car hit the old wood and plunged down toward the creek. 
I spelled creek wrong. I spelled it with an E-A. Oh. And Drew knew what he was doing. He knew he was going over the edge, so with perfect timing, he jumped out of the car as it splashed into the, into, roughly into the creek. He landed hard on the bank with a thud. Yeah, because that... Oh my goodness. What is this, Mission Impossible? There's no way I jumped out of a truck falling into a creek off a bridge and... Li- okay, oh man, Drew said in disgust. His clothes were a little wet from landing right on the edge of the water. Drew glanced over at his car that was extremely damaged in the front of the car. Luckily, Drew wasn't hurt because the bridge wasn't that high up. <laughs> and when Drew, was, when Drew was able to get up and walk, he ran as fast as he could up the steep embankment and walked to the end of the road, which was only 15 feet away. There were two roads. The one towards the left was a dirt road, and the one to the right was an old paved road. I actually know where that's at. That's legit. This is a legit map right here. Um, Minus the bridge. There's no bridge on that road. All right, anyways. He looked to see which way the Lexus went, but it wasn't in sight. Then he walked on the dirt road to see if there were any new tire tracks. When he saw nothing, he started walking back towards his grandparents' house since he didn't have a car, which would be a long ways away. Why am I doing this? I'm not going to walk to their house when I'm this far away, Drew said as he stopped walking. Well, I guess that's the only thing to do. (laughs) Drew, impatient and cold, walked as quickly as he could. But instead of walking all the way back along the dirt road, he took a shortcut through the woods, which, trust me, wouldn't be any shorter. Drew didn't know, but it actually took less time. (laughs) That's stupid. Uh, Drew's an idiot. Okay, the rain now was, was a light drizzle, but Drew was soaked. He soon was back on the property, racing up to the house. As Drew rushed into the door, he saw his grandparents anxiously pacing the floor. He could tell they were a bit uneasy about him and his friends got, that had gone out into the nasty weather. Hey, sweetie, his granny grad greeted him. We were worried about you. Why are your clothes so wet? The rain, or, sorry, this is still a quote. The rain, probably. I tried calling your name off of the back porch, but no one answered. I don't have time to explain. Have you guys seen Michael, David, and Dylan? No, but I saw saw his car, so I figured you were showing him around, Papa explained. Well, where are they, Drew? I can't believe you were out there with them in this horrible weather and then left them alone. I was about to go into my overalls and come hunt you down if you weren't here in five minutes. Uh, we, we did show him and his brother around, but where is he? <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. Wait, that's it. Gotta go by. Oh, and call the police, Drew said excitedly. What the heck? As he ran out the door, his papa then called out to him and said, I'm coming with you. No, that's okay. I know, like, they didn't think to ask, like, why am I calling the police? You guys are just out in the woods in a storm. Like, no, good night. Oh, that's okay. I know where they are. We'll be back in a jiffy. As he sprinted down the rocky driveway, uh, Drew's grandparents looked confused and nerve-wracked. And about that time, I love how I just wrecked my car, and I'm, like, not, completely not worried about it. I'm more, like, just worried about cookies and chocolate milk. Oh, my goodness. About that time, Michael and Dylan arrived where Cinder was lying down, still unconscious. Where's David? Michael looked around, frantically trying to find his brother. This is not good, Dylan said in a frightened, utterly toned voice. Dashing around through the woods, they looked for David. They searched in every place they could think of. Maybe he ran back to my grandparents' house, Dylan suggested. Wait, Michael said. What's that? He pointed a large hole that they hadn't seen before. They quickly walked over to it. David lay there fast asleep and covered in mud. Oh, so he didn't die. That's good. Uh... David, Michael uttered out. Good, and he's sleeping like a baby. I'm going to go in and get him, Michael said. He slowly started down the muddy hole. He progressed slowly, but with the help of Dylan, David was out of the pit in no time. David came slowly out of his sleep when Michael 
finally pulled his younger brother out of the pit. What happened, David? Dylan asked him. I'll tell you later, David said. I'm a little woozy and shaken up. Can't you tell? Well, then you need to take it easy, Michael suggested. By now, the thunder and lightning had ceased and the storm had passed over. Excuse me, I hiccuped. Little streaks of blue peered out of the gray sky. At this time, Drew ran down the path they had taken earlier. Then he turned on the narrow path to the left. On and on, he ran down the path to find his friends. As he came upon some thick overgrowth on the side of the path, Drew stopped short. He heard leaves crunching among the ground behind some bushes. What should I do? Could it be the spies again? A worried expression crossed over Drew's tense face. After making up his mind, he ran through the bushes and tackled what seemed to be a... What seemed to be a person. <laughs> he felt the figure fall under his control and they smashed into the ground and tussled with each other until he recognized the voice. It was his brother Dylan. Ouch, Drew and I fell into the ground. Oh man. Okay, I can't keep going. You gotta make it through this. You gotta make it through. What was that about? I didn't do anything to you. Dylan got up and wiped the swampy goo from the backside of his jeans. Sorry, just said apologetically. I heard a noise, so I thought it was the other spy. Speaking of which, where's the other spy? He got away because Dylan collided with me. Thanks to him, Michael pointed at Dylan. Man, Dylan, you're just causing all kinds of problems today. Uh, that's not in the book. Uh, but in real life, it totally is true. All right, thanks to me. It's all your fault, Dylan retorted. No, it's not. Michael shot back. Sure it is. You weren't paying attention, Dylan complained. Neither did you. So-and-so said, and cut it out, will you? Drew said to break up the silly fighting. This whole thing is silly. The four boys started back home when Drew asked out of the blues, Hey, Michael, do you have a cell phone? Sure, but why? We need to notify the police right away. I was in such a hurry. I forgot the call since I just ran like 20 miles and was wrecked a car and I... Oh, man. <laughs> but there's no good coverage out here, so why bother, David said doubtfully. Yeah, there is, Dylan stated. There are some power lines about a half a mile back behind the property line. Made that up, there's not. Dylan pointed to some power lines in the distance. Well, okay, but just for a minute, Michael said as he handed Drew the cell phone. Thanks a lot, Drew said appreciatively. Hold on there a second, David said. What do you want, asked Drew impatiently. Didn't you tell someone already why you were gone, David asked. Well, I told my grandparents to call the police, but I don't think they really listened to me. Duh. Maybe they thought I was just pulling their strings, Drew said. Well, that's dumb, Michael spoke up. Well, I didn't have time to, and I... I don't know. Besides, I came out here to see if you guys were okay. I didn't want that bozo hurting you guys, Drew said, laughing at them. Michael's face flushed. How am I laughing and making jokes? I just wrecked a freaking Mustang. Golly, you dip face. Drew, you suck. All right. That guy hurting me? No way now. I mean, no way, no how. I mean, he could probably those two, Michael pointed to David and Dylan, who were standing over to the side, but not me. Dylan's jaw dropped when he heard that. Well, you never know these days, Dylan said to get even, which, oh, that's that's a good retort, Dylan. Nice job. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a very important phone call to make, Drew said as he walked over to the quiet spot where the old rotten logs and dialed 911. Fine, by, be that way, Michael said as he walked down to where Dylan was standing. Ah, oh, man, Drew said in disgust, I can't even get a connection. I told you there was no good coverage out here, David mumbled. Michael overheard him. Oh, and said, no, David, it's just a storm we had. That's why Drew can't get comfortable. I mean, can't get a connection. Where did I get comfortable from? Can't get a connection. Oh, David replies. He leaned back against the tree. Drew, meanwhile, died, dialed 911 once more. Luckily, this time he had a connection. The youth paced back and forth as he talked to the operator. Meanwhile, Cinder was still laying beside David's feet. Boy, am I tired of chasing those crooks, Dylan said, hoping to start a conversation. 
<laughs> you said it. Hey, how long will it take us to get back to your grandparents' house? Asked Michael curiously. Yeah, not that. How long is this stinking chapter? Golly, I've been reading like four pages. And oh my goodness. This is this is just awful. Okay, let's keep going. Not that long, but with Cinder, who knows? Speaking of which, I'm going to go back to my grandparents' uh, house to borrow Papa's pickup truck and come back here to put Cinder back. That way, it'll be rather easy to take Cinder home, Dylan says he started back down the rough, rocky terrain. Yeah, that's not such a bad idea, Michael admitted, and leaned back and relaxed. Michael watched Drew as he talked on the phone. When Drew got off the cell phone, he walked over towards Michael and said, The operator on the phone said someone already called the police about the same incident. I assume it was my grandparents who called, but I'm not sure about that now. How come? Michael asked. Well, when I asked them to call the police, they probably thought I was just playing around. They also didn't think it was that serious, I bet you, said Drew. They were probably just worried about where we were, and I didn't have time to get into the specifics. Oh, I see, Michael said. But the question is, who could have heard about the incident so quickly? That's what I don't get, Drew stated. It's a mystery, Michael said as he stood up to stretch his muscles. What the heck? Hey, hey. Where's Dylan, Drew asked. He went to get the pickup truck at your grandparents' house so that we didn't have to tow Cinder home by ourselves, Michael explained. Oh, Drew said, hey guys, check this out. David shouted excitedly. He pointed some smudgy tracks in the ground. They were barely visible but showed the outline of footprints. Footprints, Michael exclaimed. Yeah, must have been where their spies came from, Drew added ruefully. They couldn't tell what kind of shoes they were because the tracks were all smudged in the mud. Hey, I've got an idea, David said. Let's see where those tracks came from. Uh, but Dylan should be here in a few minutes from now, Drew said in disapproval. Oh, come on, Drew. Did we split up or something? I'm losing track of where I am. Okay. Uh, we, well, we'd better hurry. They looked back at Cinder, who was still out cold. Okay, it's a dog. Wake up, Cinder. Wake up, Cinderella, which was a real dog, which was a Rottweiler. Um, Michael was already looking ahead at the shoe prints, though. They walked a few minutes when Michael said abruptly, here's where the track's in. He pointed to the ground where the footprints had stopped. The the track stopped at the edge of the hole where David was found. Maybe it's a trick to throw us off, Drew suggested. I don't remember this hole being there, Drew stated. Well, that's where we found David lying down there, Michael explained. But how? He was interrupted by David, who replied, saying, it's a long story. I'll tell you about it later. I wonder how the hole got there, Drew said. Maybe those guys we chased earlier had something to do with it, Michael looked at Drew. Yeah, it's almost as if they were digging. Looking for something, I I don't know. That's a whole other mystery. Nope, it's pretty much the same one, you doofus. Drew looked at Michael, who seemed puzzled. When they got back to the pathway, they found Dylan and, and, and Papa seated on the back of the little pickup truck waited for them. How long you guys been here, Drew asked. Not that long, Dylan said. Good, sorry for the wait. Did you tell Papa about it? What's it? Drew looked at his brother sarcastically. Oh. Oh, wait, Dylan looked at his brother. Oh, I get it. He told me all right there, Pop said, as he greeted Michael and David with a warm handshake and an orderly manner. He told them he was glad that everyone was okay. (sighs) Dylan pulled the tailgate down as the other three boys lifted Cinder into the back of the truck. Drew and Michael staggered into the back with Cinder as Dylan and David climbed in on the inside of the truck. As they started taking off down the rocky road, Drew and Michael discussed the day's strange happenings. They talked all the way home. They've been talking a lot in this stupid book. Uh, when they arrived at the house, two policemen were talking to their grandma. They got out of the truck and walked toward the front porch. Hi, the grandpa greeted the two tough-looking officers. Well, what's your story? One of the police officers asked impatiently. Dylan told of what happened, and they listened intently to what he was saying. When he finished talking, the policemen said reassuringly to them, We'll do all we can. Good luck. 
As they were about to leave, Drew told them of what happened to his cart, but did not mention to the policemen the big hole they had found out in the woods. That's probably a good idea. They'd have looked at you like, you idiot, we don't care. Um, we'll handle that too. And if you turn up any clues or something like that, be sure to let us know, the other policemen spoke up. Some tow trucks will be here in the morning to pick up your car. Sounds good, and we'll tell you if anything happens, Drew promised. With that, the policemen left. Come on in the house and get yourself something to eat, their granny said. I'm just about done making supper. We sure need something to eat after that. all that chasing we did, Drew agreed. I probably ran like 50 miles today. I didn't say that, but... I mean, it's kind of the truth. I don't think we have time to. Our aunt is probably worried sick over us. But maybe some other time, though, Michael suggested. I see. Well, come inside and find yourselves a spare change spare change of clothes, she said. Especially, oh, I need to be talking to that voice. I see. Well, come on inside and find yourselves a spare change of clothes, she said. Especially, David, you're a mess. All right, Michael gladly accepted. The four boys walked inside the house and quickly got showers and a change of clothes. Thanks so much, Michael said appreciatively. My aunt probably wouldn't want us to go into her house like this. I feel fresh, David said. All clean. I'm still a little bit in pain, though. Well, tell us why you're hurt, Dave. We don't know what happened to you when you were in the hole, Drew said. It all started when I saw a lightning bolt hit the ground a little ways from me. Then thunder sounded all throughout where I was standing. I got scared and ran to find Michael's. As I was running, I slipped into the hole, and I hurt my ankle. I then started seeing blurry visions after I tried to get out of the hole. Right when I fell back into the hole, I, I saw a blurry vision of a man reaching his hand in to get me out, but he turned and ran away. Well, that wasn't us, the other three boys chorused. Could you see who it was? Don't ask him. I couldn't make out any of his features, David admitted, although he was of medium height. Those were the tracks we found that led to the hole. What tracks? Dylan asked, puzzled. Drew informed Dylan about the tracks the three other boys discovered while he went to find Papa. We'll find whoever it was, Drew promised David. Well, we'd better get going now. Michael ended the conversation. Thanks so much for letting us come over and play. <laughs> Golly, what a tool. All right. Thanks for the clothes, too, David shouted back. We'll return them next time we see you. No, you don't have to. Oh, Granny's talking here. No, you don't have to do that. Granny promised. Keep them. They heard David rejoice as he got into his brother's car. Rejoice about, oh, cool, we get to keep these clothes. Wait a second, Granny called out. After waiting for a few minutes, Granny came back with the large ice-cold cups of water and handed them to Michael. Thanks for your hospitality, Michael and David chorused gratefully. Who uses chorused in, like, two paragraphs, like, back-to-back? It's awful. They all waved to each other. Michael then started up his Corvette and left. The family started walking inside when the Granny said, Supper is now ready. The two brothers went to the dining room and seated themselves in their chairs surrounding the table. Granny sat at the table as Papa sat down in his chair. Typical society. You know, the woman does all the work in the kitchen and the, the men just sit there and wait to be served. Isn't that great? The Granny sat down at the table once she was done setting the table with silverware. They were about to pray over their food, Duck Dynasty style, when all of a sudden the doorbell rang. Papa went to get the door. Well, hey, their papa said as he opened the door, come on in. Hey, a woman and a man walked through the door with some luggage. Mom, Dad, Drew shouted excitedly as he and his brother came running up to their parents. I'm so excited you didn't have to go to that police conference, Dad. Dylan said, yeah, because now you can stay right the night here, Drew said. The family hugged each other. The boy's mom, Penny Miller, was a blonde-haired, beautiful woman. <laughs> it's, I'm not laughing at that, Mom. You're definitely pretty. I'm laughing at how I phrased that. She was a great singer, so she was often on the road singing, but she got to see and do things with her family a lot, too, because that makes sense. 
I love you so much, she said to her parents and her two boys as her muscular husband. Oh, man, I'm describing my dad as a muscular. <laughs> Set the bags next to a coffee sh uh, table in the middle of the floor. Then their father spoke up. I was a little glad about missing the conference because I got to see you guys, though. Owen, oh, uh, come see my wonderful family. I'm very glad to see you. Uh, I'm very glad to see you guys, though. And by the way, I did find this out, even though I didn't go to the conference. What did you find out, Dylan asked. I found out that I am working on a new case starting tomorrow, but I won't get to go until this Monday, their dad explained. Well, we've got something to tell you about the exciting events that took place today, Dylan said. A little too exciting. Tell us after dinner, okay? Their mom, or tell us after dinner, okay? Their mom suggested... They all sat down at the table and prayed a prayer of thanks over their food that was set in front of them. How sweet. On the china plates, why are you eating on china? Golly, we're serving a juicy steak, baked potato, and rolls with melted butter. How oh, I'm getting hungry. After the extravagant dinner, they all sat down and talked until Mr. Miller, Drew and Dylan's father, asked, Now, what are you going to tell us about your exciting adventure that happened to you two today? Drew told about the day's happenings as they listened carefully to what he said. Sounds quite intriguing, their mother said, although the brothers could tell that their parents thought they were playing around. Their grandparents reassured them that it did in fact happen, and they were a little worried, especially about my stinking Mustang, which is drowning in a creek as we speak. Anyways, they talked for more than an hour over the mystery as to why people were looking around their property without permission. I got a little something to give you for my work, their father said as he finished talking about the mystery. What did you get us, Dad? The brothers asked excitedly. Here. Their father pulled out identical cases with words, Crime Solvers Kid, and printed on the front in large, colorful print. Wow, the two boys said happily. Thanks, Dad, Drew expressed in appreciation by giving his father a big pat on the back. No problem, Mr. Miller said. Then after some dessert of... Uh, oh, I spelled desert. And then after some desert of peanut butter pie their mom had made, they said goodnight. Then Drew and Dylan went downstairs with their parents. Their parents went into a bedroom with a queen-size bed and a dresser with tons of pictures. And, and the parents brushed their teeth and got ready to get in bed. The two brothers unfolded a couch that laid in the middle of the living room into a small-looking bed. It was a fold-out couch. You couldn't just say that. Golly. Eighth grade me sucked. All right. They decided that Drew would lie in a chair while Dylan would lay on the unfolded couch because brothers cannot sleep in the same bed. That's just weird. Hey, Drew, I've got something to show you. It's very important, too. What do you want to show me? Drew asked Dylan impatiently. Dylan pulled out the slip of paper from his pocket and handed it to Drew. The writing was slightly smudged because of the rain earlier. I forgot to give it to you, Dylan said. Dylan showed Drew what he found. You forgot to tell me. We told the story to Mom and Dad, some police officers, and Granny and Papa. That's three times. I mean, how could you possibly forget? I don't know. I, I just forgot, big-headed Dylan admitted. Drew held up the piece of paper. It read that... Underline A, H, B, underline C, F, underline D, E, Edwom's, Edswom, Doctor. Well, what's it mean, Drew asked. I think it's a code, Dylan answered. Drew's eyes lit up with excitement. <laughs> Dylan, you're such a genius. <laughs> I think it's a code because it's got weird crap on it. And, and he's like, you're such a genius. Oh, my goodness. Dylan, with pride, his cheeks glowed. The boys studied the sheet of the paper from head to toe until Drew finally shouted, I've got the first part of the code. You see how the A, C, and D are underlined? Maybe it's A, C, D, C. No, I'm kidding. That's not in the book. Yeah, Dylan said, not getting his point. Well, how much is the A worth? I don't get it. Dylan looked at Drew confused. What are we playing, like 
that spin the wheel bottle show. Anyways, where you pick letters. What's that show called? I don't remember. Anyways, maybe this will refresh your memory from back at school. It's kind of like a mathematical equation with variables, except in this case, because the letters don't represent anything yet. So then you make up your own number to represent the variable. Oh, I get it. Don't explain. You have to find a certain number to figure out what the variable is. Precisely. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But where's the rest of the math problem at? In this case, there isn't one. But there is a simple way to figure out how to get the number. The A is 1 because it's the first letter in the alphabet. The C is 3 because it's the third letter, Drew explained. And Dylan said the D is 4 because it's the fourth letter of the alphabet. Correct. So the answer would be 134, Drew stated, if my explanation is correct. Hmm, I get the alpha part, but I don't get how you just got three numbers when there are seven, Dylan admitted. Oh, wait, the numbers we had solved for are underlined. That's right, Dylan said. Did you figure out the other part yet, Drew asked? No, nope, haven't gotten that far. Wait, I think I know what it is. It's an unscrambling type of problem. It is? Drew asked. Sure, you have to unscramble it, Dylan explained. The brothers worked out that particular part of the problem for at least ten minutes. Finally, Dylan Dylan sounded... I don't know how it took us ten minutes to figure that one out, but it says, uh, It spells out meadows. Wait just a second, Drew demanded. You see the doctor part? Yeah, so? Well, I think it means doctor, Drew said. Maybe meadows is a last name. I can't because of the scrambled word. It says Meadows. I mean, I've never heard of a person with the last name of Meadows. I'm sure it's out there, you doofball. So that would obviously be a place because it can't say 134 Meadows Doctor. It doesn't make sense. But that also means that Doctor could stand for could stand for Drive, Dylan said. You're right. Drew agreed. So that makes it 134 Meadows Drive, Dylan exclaimed. It's an address. I've got an idea. Let's check and see who touched this car, Drew suggested. You mean like taking fingerprints? Dylan asked. Exactly. But how do we do that? Dylan asked Drew. Drew pointed to the two spy kits that lay beside the bed. I see. We're going to check fingerprints by using high-tech stuff. Right on, little brother, Drew complimented. They walked over to the spy kits and picked them up. Here's the fingerprint stuff, Dylan said as he opened the box. It was an easygoing process, yet fun, since the brothers had never used the equipment before. There was a lot of high-tech equipment that would usually have to pay a fortune to get. After they finished doing the processing, the two brothers were amazed once they had the information. Then Drew said, It looks as if these fingerprints belong to a man named Jeff Porter. Well, you made it through the first two chapters, so give yourself a pat on the back for being a lifeless dipstick for listening to that but i hope you enjoyed it uh you know it was fun reminiscing a little bit anyways if you would like to stay tuned next time there will be the reading of the next chapters of mystery on strandberg mountain and we will open up with the third chapter called the door beneath the rug how catchy is that everybody this is drew with catch all podcast <laughs>